Welcome to the Forensic Cop Podcast. This is LFC Core. Looking forward. Looking back. So looking forward, obviously, we've made a couple of uh, high-end transfers. Uh, we brought in uh, Tiago and Jota. So what do you see these guys bringing to the team? And I guess just as importantly, who do you see coming out of the team? Okay, so let's start with uh, Tiago because Jota, like most people, I did not see this one coming until it came. Right. Which, by uh, the way, I feel like the best business Liverpool does is the ones that nobody sees coming. Because remember, totally, Fabinho was a totally total agree. shot in the dark. Exactly. Totally agree. Totally agree. And I wonder how long ago they started working on this and they were just using a lot of the talk around Ismail Assar and the fact that we don't have money and all these different things as smoke screens, Or if it legitimately just happened very quickly. I don't know. I suspect part of it was driving the price down. Yeah. As they should. In in times of COVID, they need to drive the price down. True. So, so yeah. So, to answer your question, um, Tiago, I, I mean, I'm, a, I, I'm, I'm extremely excited about him, as I think you've known. Um, I can't remember a player coming to Liverpool, excuse me, at their peak. And also playing or coming from a top club as a world-class player at their peak. I can't can't remember the last time that has ever happened. I was actually thinking about that. And I had to go all the way back to Marcus Babel, who came in 2000. He came from Bayern Munich. And he's the only player that I can think of who was relatively world-class coming to Liverpool at, at their height. Every other player that's come, Suarez, Torres, Salah, Mane, they came and we made them the players that they became. Um, so maybe the only counter argument to that might be um, Allison and Van Dyke, although Van Dyke was clearly, I mean, he was a great player or a very good player and then became world class. So right. maybe not there. But Allison was well known as as one of the best in the world but actually in his case too he kind of solidified himself as the best in the world right so no you're right i i would agree they they kind of went up i don't see so i know you're very big on the tiago transfer i feel like it goes against the uh the kind of policy or whatever you want to call it that liverpool has which is to bring them in young and undervalued um, he was in the last year of his contract. He's 29. He'll be 30 before the end of the season. Um, and and I, I grant you, he's coming to Liverpool as a uh, UEFA Cup champion. Or, no, sorry, Champions League champion. Um, so he knows and what he's doing. Seven-time Bundesliga champion. Oh, I'm sorry, that means nothing to me. Bundesliga and, uh, and Serie A, like, you win those because you're on the team that spends 10 times the money of second place so i i guess in a way i discount that to me yeah tell being... that to man city <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're right that's true and psg and psg yeah. and psg who's who's won the league every single year and yet they can't but see that's my point psg wins it every year but they can't win in champions league but you're right i mean uh man city spends uh god sums of money and yet we still beat them last year so 
Um, it's a fair point. So there's something there. Uh, I do think he brings a lot to the team. It's just interesting because I feel like it takes time to integrate guys. And, and, and you see, that's, that's exactly the point. So right now we're the champions, right? We're not the pretenders. We're not looking for our first title in 30 years. We've won the first title in 30 years. The challenge now is to retain it and to regain the champions league. I don't know if you do that by bringing in your Kai Havertz's of the world or even, dare I say, Timo Werner's of the world. Those players are good, and of course, I would have loved to have had them in. However, there is something to be said about bringing in somebody who's been there, done that. If you look at the Liverpool team right now and you ask them to raise their hands if they've won a league and retained the league, you see no hands up. Even James Milner, who won it for Man City, he did not retain it, right? And then that says something. I mean, the fact that you're bringing in somebody that's won it in, in Germany, in Spain, and he's won it in Germany seven times in a row. He's just won the Champions League. He's a student of the game, so you know that he's watched this Liverpool team and he knows exactly how he, he can fit in and make them even better players than they are right now. The fact that the players are excited, the fact that the younger players like Jones and even Naby Keita, uh, Harvey Elliott would, would be seeing this person train and train day in, day out giving them the time to grow into their own role with no pressure, knowing that. Because I, I actually think that Thiago can give us a good three years. He's 29, but he's not just going to age overnight because he turned 30, right? The way he plays, he, he's, he's not an all-out-and-out midfielder. He, he can, he's a cultured player who can totally play into his mid, mid-30s, and he's a winner. So he's essentially, to your point, he's a bit of the polar opposite of Genie, which is Genie is an all out and out machine, uh, run, uh, challenge, run, challenge, run, challenge. That's his whole game. Tiago is a very different kind of game from him. So you're right. He might age differently. Um, I guess it's just, it's, it feels weird for me because it's so different than all of the other um, acquisitions they've made. So if Messi, well, Messi was available a few weeks ago. Obviously, we, there's no way we could have afforded him. But if he was available for $20 million, would you have considered that worthwhile, even though he was 33? No chance. What if he was available for free? No chance. Really? No. You would not take so, in this team for free? I, I, I would need to be heavily compensated to take him onto the team, and he wouldn't play a lot. Because and I'll and I'll tell you. So if you want to bring in Messi, this one's no problem. Messi is two things in my world. In in I've watched a lot of him. He is one not a winner. So that needs to be clear. This guy does not lead talented teams to victory. But he's not is, coming in to lead. No, no, I know. But I mean, I saw his speech going in against Liverpool. Um, you know, at the miracle at Anfield, where we came back uh, from three goals down in the first leg. Like the speech that he gave ended on a "Let's not let last year happen again," and it's like that's literally the worst, you know, pump up I've ever heard in my life. So, like, no on that side. The other side is playing with Messi, as gifted as he is. You're playing ten against eleven on defense. The he's he's um, you know, and and either it's just the way he's been, the way Barcelona's treated him. Um, he's you know, it doesn't work up front, so he just kind of gets all huffy and takes his like two minutes to walk back to center while the play goes the other way. It's it's not 
the type of team approach. He doesn't play in in a team team that Liverpool has shown. Like there are times that you know um, uh, Salah is told to stay up clearly to be the the high man, but there are times I've seen Salah come back into the box to defend. I have never ever seen Messi come back that far. That's just not what he won't do it. It's just that simple. So I I wouldn't want him on the team for those reasons. Okay. Those are fair. Those are fair. Um, now, but Thiago's a different story. Yes, for sure. He's a different story. And I remember having similar con- – well, not similar concerns, but I remember when James Milner was – was he joined Liverpool on a free. I was concerned that he was just – he was joining in the twilight of his career. Um, but the impact he's had on his players – on his his um his teammates and on our on the games just bringing that mature head and being a winner you cannot buy that granted we didn't pay any money for him but sometimes it is important to have new new um impetus come into the team in the form of an older player and that goes all the way back to gary McAllister as well so i i will actually agree with you on this one which is um we agree on most stuff, but I, I make it sound like we don't. Um, I agree in that I I liked, I mean, we won the title last year and everyone was coming back. And yet for some reason, I felt not unexcited by it, but I felt a little bit underwhelmed by this team where I feel like bringing in Tiago re-energizes in a way. And definitely for the players who are there, creates a competition for your spot. Exactly. I remember when we got Keita and we all, or at least I thought that Wijnaldum would be the obvious person to make away, but he he upped his game in a way that I was not expecting at all. And he became unstoppable. And in a way we never saw because I still don't see what he does. I mean, he's there and Klopp loves him, but I, I still, I watch games and I just don't remember what he's done. Yeah, he's... But that's and, Genie. Yeah, he, he's he's a great player, but I think this Thiago coming in. So to your question of how does this impact the the current team, I think that we, we are going to keep Genie for this season, and then he'll leave on a free. Um, but I also think that he'll play less games because against a lot of the t- well um, against the better teams, we are now the best team. We are now the better team, and so we can't play with three holding midfielders we 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 need to be more on the front foot and with genie he's 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 reactive so he's very good at breaking up play keeping the ball in the corner but he's not he doesn't have the quickest pass right so he he he, he doesn't set up the the front three as much as as we would like and they always end up having to create their own goals which is why they haven't looked as fluent of late but with Thiago, yes so let me ask you this one do you see Tiago playing? So what I see a huge uh, benefit in Tiago is taking those uh, extremely tight one nothing 2-1 games against the Burnleys of the world and turning them into 3-1, 4-1 comfortable wins. Do you see his place as helping unlock those um, teams that have no interest in scoring. They just want to keep it a zero zero game. Or do you see him actually having a place against the man cities, man use of the world? I think more the latter 
I think he'll be of better impact against the the higher quality teams. Um, but even in the games where we're leading one nil, I think he just helps us close them out a little bit more. So I'm, I'm not saying that we'll turn those into two, two or three, one victories, but we'll be more confident in closing out those games than we've looked of late. So he's played to, to talk specifically about his position. He's played the defense defensive midfielder role um, more than twice as often as a standard midfield role. So, mm-hmm. What does that mean to Fabinho? I think that's fine. I think, assuming that we line up the same way, so with with one deeper line midfielder and two a little bit more um, forward, we could still play with Fabinho at the back, and then he would uh, Thiago would play as one of the two, but he will start from a little bit deeper, or we just have two deep midfielders playing right above the defenders but Thiago would carry the ball in a way that we haven't really seen since Coutinho was with us so you're um, thinking of four two one three yeah exactly something like that with Fab yeah. and and Thiago as the two right and then it enables you to play a more attacking midfielder at the top so you could even play someone like Minamino in in the number 10 role as mm. opposed to playing Wijnaldum let's say or or even Keita so you could also do excuse me you could also do Fabinho at the back and then Keita and and uh, Tiago. But I suspect that Keita and Tiago would be interchangeable as opposed to playing together because they have a very similar game. Would you... So what I would say is, and again, this is where I'm I'm not as high as you on it. I look at what Keita brings, I look at what Tiago brings, and I see a lot of similarities in that. Would you play them both? Um... I mean, statistically, it looks like Tiago is just better at being Keita than Keita is. Right, because like, he's had more years of being Keita than Keita has, right? So, I mean, it's it's an interesting thought. To your point of bringing Tiago in now means that in three years, Keita's 20% better than he would have been otherwise. I mean, that's a decent investment in exactly. a way. Exactly. So, So that's where... I see the investment. It's not necessarily in a 29-year-old to play for a couple of years in the in the first team. It's what he brings to the overall club and and the improvements that other players are going to also also gain. Um, I can totally see Jones adding an extra 10 million pounds of uh, to his to his worth simply by training with with uh, Thiago every day. Likewise, so let me ask you this: Jones and Keita. I mean, Jones is young, Kata's not young, but how much do you think in this deal was for this year and next year defending the title, and how much was it turning Kata and Jones into better versions of themselves? I think it's half and half. Yeah. I, th- I think for sure we want to, to defend the title, so we're not taking chances by going for the next greatest thing who's 20, 20 years old, right? Because... W- been there, done that. We have enough of those coming through. We need to to defend the title because this is an opportunity for us to do that. Man City is in disarray because they are just Man City. Arsenal, Tottenham are still rebuilding. Man U are not even sure who who they're going to buy. Chelsea have bought too many players. So this is this is our our moment to win two, three, maybe even four in a row. So then- legitimately, Man City could be. Done, and I don't mean done like they're a terrible team, but I mean 
um, their coach is on year five and he's only a three-year coach. Exactly. So it's possible that team is just not, is it, they've topped out Agu- to your Aguero point, man. Injured again. Yeah. Um, to your point, man used on Chelsea's got too many players in what I think are the wrong positions. Arsenal God, do they even know where they're doing? Um, so you're right. Well, they this may know be, what they're doing, but they're, it'll take a few years, but, but to your point, if this move gets us three titles, two titles in the next two or three years, yeah, I mean, great move. Okay, mm-hmm. you're you're starting to convert me a little bit. Um, so I I understand. So the Tiago thing, I find him a bit too interchangeable with Keda, but I could see where you're going with it. Uh, let's talk about the Jota move then. What did you think of that one? I really like it. Uh, I, I will be honest. I haven't watched Jota very closely, but I remember. I just have this memory of him always coming onto games and scoring and playing well. Um, and so I've taken a closer look at him through some videos and I can see how he fits into our team. He he's, he reminds me of, or he looks like a good team of Werner replacement um, because we need to do better than bringing on Origi in the last few minutes when we're chasing a goal and then expecting Origi to turn into Mani Osala. That is not his game. So he plays primarily in the forward center role. So in the, uh, in the Firmino role. So it would be interesting to see him come in to that role. How would he interact with, uh, Salah and Mane? Yeah, I, I suspect he'll, he'll, he'll be more of a Mane, um, replacement or substitute than Firmino. And then perhaps Minamina would would be taking Firmino's role occasionally. And if we have, if we still have a Rigi, maybe he as well. The good thing about that is if with with Thiago and Jota, if Origi does stay and he does replace Firmino on occasion, he doesn't have to track back the way Firmino does because we have more quality in the midfield. So he doesn't have to go back and try to get the ball. He can just concentrate on his task of finishing. Right. I mean, I guess in a way, I think we did need something more up front than Origi provided. Um, he doesn't quite seem to to mesh necessarily with what we do when he comes in. So I can see that. Again, the guy's only 23, so he's got a lot of time to learn. He's he's already a great player. Origi? Or- uh, no, Jota. Okay. To, to your point, bringing him in, I like it. So then I guess the other side is... What does it mean for current players? So Jota coming in, what does that mean for Origi? Um, I think if the club gets an opportunity, they will sell. So it's more of a question of whether or who who's coming in for him, or if he tells them, you know what, I'm I'm, I'm more than happy staying in Liverpool as a sub because he does look like he has a very chill personality and I would not be surprised if if he were okay remaining a sub for the rest of his career in Liverpool. And if, and if he's happy with that, I'm happy with that. Yeah, I mean, he seems to have that personality that might work that way. But again, I feel like he's definitely been knocked back a peg in terms of who you bring on at the end of a game. I agree. Um, so if, you, if you're chasing the game or you, you really need a goal, you're going to bring on Jota. If you're well ahead and you want to give someone experience, you're going to bring on, say, Harvey Elliott or Minamino. So I don't know that I see a, a lot of um, place for him. And we haven't even talked about Shaq. Who? 
<laughs> Who is that? We we got a guy there. So I mean, to to your point, I guess. So with um, with Tiago coming in and with Jota coming in, who becomes um, superfluous to our need? Again, keep in mind we have six hundred midfielders, so there's way more than we need. Who do you see as being someone we can get rid of? Definitely Brewster, right? Um, because I I put Jota, Minamino, Origi. And even Shaq ahead of him. So in his own interest, I think it's best if he leave, whether permanently, temporary, or with a buyback. But he needs to go and play. I um, mean, he's only twenty, so there's still a lot more than he that he could potentially have in future. Right, absolutely. But this is a critical because he lost almost a year or even a full year due to injury at, at a, a pivotal time. So. It's critical that now that he's fit and he had a great season at Swan or half season at Swansea last season, that that he he, he continue that now. He he needs to play. He's not going to play in this team right now. It's just not going to happen. So, he, yeah, he's not uh, making it in. So uh, there are rumors of him going. Uh, hopefully with a buyback, but who knows? We'll see. Uh, who else do you have? Um, Harry Wilson, of course, but I I, th- I think that goes without saying. So Brewster Wilson. Woodburn, throw it in. Sure, why not? Not even, not even worth talking about. No. Um, Gorich and Shaq. I like, I, I really like Shaq, and he's just, he's just a nice. Even if he only plays two games a season, he always, those are going to be very good games, right? He'll come and score against Everton, and then he'll disappear. I'm okay with that, right? But. Um, so let me ask you, someone comes and says, we'll give you 20 million pounds for Shaq. Yeah, he's gone. <laughs> someone comes and says, I'll give you 10 million for Shaq. He's gone. Ah. Right now, even 10 million, it, it, it all adds up. And if he's not going to play, there's no point keeping him. Yeah, I agree. Although I will say he's a very, uh, he feels like a big change of pace to the team. Yeah. We have nobody else who does what he does. Right. And so in, in that sense, I feel like he's very valuable. That being said, I feel like Origi's a big change of pace because he's extremely direct player um, that I don't feel like Salah and Mane are in the same way. Um, One thing I, I will say about Origi is I, I, I do hope that he stays and I hope that he, he has a chance to play with Thiago because Thiago will find him. Ooh, could you imagine that hookup? Yeah, and that's that's all he needs. He just needs he he needs to focus on 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 playing as a number nine, and he needs people to find him with the ball. He but, does feel like he's like a great player on the wrong team. Exactly. But could you imagine if you've got Keita and Tiago playing, and you mm-hmm. put him on up front? Yeah, that'll be disgusting. If they if the, if you have Tiago and Keita feeding Origi up front, yeah. He could legitimately go off for like a goal or two, just and he could like if you found out that Origi had like you know a, a hat trick game with those guys feeding him, it wouldn't surprise me in the least. Not at all. Not so interesting. That's uh, I I was all for the selling him, but you're right. His style of directness would mesh very well with Tiago's. Yeah, it all depends on if he's happy staying, and if he is, then I think we keep him. What did you think of however being? Uh, for lack of a better way of putting it, traded uh, to get Jota. At, at first, I was shocked and disappointed, but then when I started thinking about it, I do recall that I was not—I was a bit disappointed 
in in what I saw in the preseason and also the tail end of last season as well. Um, he hasn't kicked on as much as we had all hoped, and Nico Williams has just come out of nowhere and bypassed him on the right um, right back position. And he's he's not tall enough to play center back, so you do have to ask yourself where is he going to get the opportunity to 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 gain experience. So it's true. He's only 5'10". Uh, and I say only as as a man shorter than 5'10", but for a central defender, you need to be over six feet. So he's not that. And yeah, there there was a time not that long ago, like I would say maybe even just a year ago, where whoever was uh, going to push Alexander-Arnold into midfield, and now it's clear that it'll be Neko Williams. Mm-hmm. Right. So to your point, I think there was no place for him. And selling him for, I think, what amounts to, what was it, 13 million is not a bad way to go. Yeah, I that is a player that I do hope that they have a buyback clause because he, he definitely has a potential. And, and coming from the IX system, you know, he's he's been coached properly through through his years and he's only he is only 18. He can easily turn into a class player. Um, so... Alexander Arnold was a uh, was a uh, uh, UEFA Cup champion at uh, eighteen. Man, well, no, actually, I think he was UEFA Cup at nineteen, but he'd play in UEFA Cup at eighteen final. So come on, you know, eighteen that's a that's an old man in this game. <laughs> so no, I agree with you. I suspect though, at thirteen million for a guy that young who was passed by Neko Williams, I suspect there's no buyback clause. But again, that's me just speculating. But uh, yeah, so I mean, the team looks extremely different today than it did a week ago, which I wouldn't say is necessarily a bad thing. You've actually kind of moved me on the Tiago thing. Um, so yeah, this is our, our chance to repeat this year. And and again, I feel, um, if nothing else, I feel more excited about this team now that we've had these two transfers. Exactly. And I, and I think that was important because there, I don't want to say there was a malaise, but there was kind of a set. Uh, uh, there was a growing indifference in the way the transfers were going or not going this season, and this has at least spurred everybody back into life. And we we all now seem united in our quest to to go again this season and retain the title. Facts and figures. So, with all the money that we appear to be spending after all this transfer window. How do you see that from from a, um, a financial point of view? Because I, I remember you had a lot to say over the summer about how we are not very financially viable or able to compete in the market. So, I mean, we're not financially viable in the way that if you average out how much we spend in a transfer window, we generally spend about 30 million pounds. Um, net or? 30 million pounds net. So ins and outs come out to no more than 30 million, which is not a lot. So again, people always look at the, uh, wow, we went out and we got Allison and we got Van Dyke that was funded, funded by the Coutinho sale. So we don't spend a lot. Um, so going out and getting, uh, Tiago and Jota for a combined 70 million is a lot in a regular year. Um, Doing that in a COVID year where we're losing money is actually kind of scaring me. So I'm I'm not I'm not super excited to see um, the Liverpool financials when they're published because um, I'm actually a little bit scared. I 
My guess is I don't think we have the money. I think we're hoping that these two transfers help us get the money, if that makes any sense. Yeah, but there's no way, even if we won every title or, or every competition that we take part in, we're not going to to gain seventy million pounds worth in revenue. So here's here's where here's where the fun numbers game begins. It's so first of all, the seventy million is amortized over the life of the contract and blah 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 blah. But I'm not going to really bore you with that. Let's talk about the seventy million. So we're selling, uh, however, for thirteen million. So that brings the seventy down to fifty seven. Um. And while I totally agree with you, there's no way we're getting that much money. What I would put forth is think about it this way. In losing to Atletico Madrid, we lost 36 million euros. Um, so if we so here's a question I'll put to you. If we had Tiago and Jota, do we be um Atletico? Probably because, well, for sure, Jota would have given us another option when we were chasing the game or when we were looking for that goal. And Thiago would have provided a little bit more composure in the middle of the park because we were the better team, or at least we had the better, we have the better players. So possibly or probably. So think of it in this way. If management at Liverpool said, we lost $36 million last year, because sorry, 36 million euros last year because we didn't have a good enough team and they go out and they spend a net now of 57. If we get back to where we were the year before, so say we get back to the Euro to the to the Champions League final, this actually only cost us 20 million. So I wonder if that's the way they're looking at it. Or are they looking at it a little bit more black and white where they're just saying Okay, you know what? We can take the chance this year, and if it doesn't pay off, we have a lot of assets that a lot of clubs will be more than willing to overspend to 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 take off our hands, right? So we can sell one of Salah, Mane, Virgil in a in a transfer window, and more than make up for um, whatever overspending that we're doing right now. So that's where I'm scared. Because I don't want to get to that point. So I know you're you're all for these transfers. For me, I look at it financially in that Liverpool has lost tens of millions of pounds because of COVID. There's no way around that. I, I wrote an article on the Forensic Cop and I actually went into detail about exactly how much money we're losing from each item. And there's a lot of money that we're just not going to make because of COVID. There's a lot of money we didn't make this year because we flamed out early in the Champions League. So okay. I'm I'm sitting here and I'm saying I'm I'm hoping all of my numbers are wrong and I'm hoping we didn't actually lose a ton of money but I'm afraid of what if we get these guys this year we don't go to Champions League semifinals or finals and to your point we turn around and now we've got to sell Salah Armani would you still think that the deals are good deals to make I think we had to do something this year, right? Because if we didn't, most likely we wouldn't have as good enough season this year, in which case Mani Osala would be edging to go anyway. That's that's the way I see it. Mm -hmm. That's an interesting way to think of it. So if we don't 
do well in Champions League and repeat as um, EPL champions, or at least make the race interesting towards the end, then potentially you would see Salah Romani saying, hey, you know what? I want a new challenge. Yeah, right. So if we're able to... So in terms of wages, we've proven to the entire world and our players that we will compete with the very best. Now, in terms of attracting quality well okay before i get to that we've also proven that we can create an environment where players become the best they can be at liverpool the only thing we haven't yet done is proven that we can attract the very best players who are already playing at the very best clubs well tiago might be the exception to that no exactly that's my point right okay once once we can can get into the habit of doing that year in year out like man city does then the likes of Mane and Salah will just inherently want to stay at Liverpool until for the rest of their career, right? As opposed to just having this n- niggling feeling that at some point it'll be nice to play for Real or Barcelona. If all of a sudden they open their eyes and all of those Real and Barcelona players are playing at Liverpool anyway, then suddenly it, it changes the perspective, right? So this and, is like a psychological change, getting a guy like Thiago. I think so. I think it, it, it was very necessary that while we're on top, we've won the Champions League and the league back-to-back. We need to now show everybody that we, we can and we will attract players who are playing at the very top right now. Not players with the potential to be great, but players who are proven to be great. And that we have the staying power by winning one year. You know, we we went to the finals one year and lost, went to the finals next year and won in, in Champions League, and that we won the title this year. But I I do kind of feel like we need to stake our claim and win it in the second year. Like we exactly. need to go back to back. So here's a question. So yep. I don't know the guy personally, of course, but I suspect that if a player like Timo Werner was seeing all of this, when he was being asked to just wait a little bit, he would have waited. Mm. Right? Right. He would have waited. But a part of him probably, especially when Chelsea came in, a part of him was probably thinking, okay, this Chelsea is quite ambitious. And I know that they have staying power. Liverpool is a great team. They have Klopp and everything else. But maybe I should just go to Chelsea. Right? So I wonder if Chelsea was willing to offer a higher salary for potential as opposed to Liverpool? Probably, because they have the money to spend and they just wanted to get the player. Um, but So apparently he's making his... He'll earn a base salary of 15.5 million euro a year. Which is way too much, but he he knew that he wanted to leave and what he was seeing from Liverpool was probably probably putting some doubts in his mind as to how ambitious we really or how able we really were to compete at the very top, even in spite of a pandemic. Agreed. I mean, apparently Chelsea made him the top played, top paid player, which right. there's just no way Liverpool would have done. No, and nor should they. And, I agree. And, and, and in fact, I the fact that he he chose to go to Chelsea. I mean, I'm not knocking him at anything, but it kind of tells me that he's not the right player for us because he wouldn't have started. So getting a player like Jota probably makes more sense because he's more than happy to come come here and prove his worth and knows his role. Okay. 
So what if I told you we got uh, Tiago, we got Jota, um, we're basically all in for this year. Um, do And I told you, but absolutely, we need to win the EPL title. We need to win the Champions League title. We'll still probably show a loss after that. Would you say that's fine, we'll deal with the next year? Or would you say let's sell some people? I try to do what they're probably already doing right now, which is try to sell as many of the fringe players as we can. Would you consider Genie a fringe player? No. Uh, Barcelona offers you $20 million for him. Or you 20 million it. pounds. Do you take it? You take it. Uh, someone oh, offers sorry. you... You you take it if he wants to go. Right. Uh, someone offers you $20 million for Origi. You take it. Someone offers you $20 million for Shaq. Done. Yeah, that one was uh, pretty self-explanatory. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was a stupid question. Um, <laughs> uh, so do you think Liverpool is now going to turn around and sell? So being, being an accountant and having gone through all their financials, I'm telling you um, they don't have the money for this. Do you want them, as a, as a fan, do you want them to just keep everyone they have now and and kick that problem to the future, kick the can down the road? Or do you want them to address it now and sell a genie, Origi, someone? Yeah, so the players you just mentioned, I'm more than happy with if they sold any of them this season in order to make ends meet. I don't want them selling players that we should not be selling. And I, I don't think I need to tell you who those are. Right? Brewster? Yeah, you can sell him. Do you want him with you, a buyback clause? It would be nice. Um, only because we've shown so much faith, it'll be a shame to just throw that out the window. Right? Right. So, yeah, we may as well put a buyback clause. And, and also for him, too, because um, he is a Liverpool fan and... I, I'm sure he, he, he would like to play for the club at some point. So at least put that in there so that if things work out, then that option remains. And if not, then all the best to him. Here's a question for you. Yeah. So Timo Werner was, how much did he cost Chelsea? Was it 45 million pounds? Or was it 55? Uh, Timo Werner was, ooh, I'm looking it up and I'm not having a total transfer fee. That seems high, 70 something. No way, it was 50-something. Okay, so 50, 55 million pounds versus Jota at 45 plus. Um, Now, it's the same people that are doing the deal. So the same people that were cautious a few months ago to spend all that money on a player who who is better thought of than Jota and around the same age they're more than willing to pay that money now for Jota when cheaper alternatives were available. Do you think that not buying Timo Werner back then was a failed PR move or has something changed financially for Liverpool that they can all of a sudden now take that chance? So Timo Werner was 47.5 million. Right. So exactly. So almost the same. So almost the same. Except wages, obviously. Um, except wages. So I think two things. I think wages were a huge difference because I think Timo Werner came in with um, a world of of hype. Um, 
And I'm not here to say he doesn't deserve that hype. I'm just saying that he's, um, you know, I feel like at some point you do kind of pay a little bit more than you should for the hype. So salary-wise, I do wonder if maybe he's overpaid for what he's giving now. I feel like he's being paid for what he could potentially give in future. Where I look at a guy um, like Jota and he's probably coming into the Liverpool structure. We don't know enough about his salary, but he's probably coming in not as the highest paid guy, but as a well-paid guy who is probably going to be behind the front three. So salary was a big part of it. The other thing is that I think people are kind of going to miss on is uh, that Timo Werner is coming to the EPL for the first time. Jota is a known quantity. Um, we don't know what Werner's going to look like. We really don't. I mean, he's he's a good player, but we don't know if he'll transition well. We don't know if he'll deal with the physicality well. We don't know that much. Um, Jota, we've seen game in, game out, and we know what we're getting. So if Jota was available back in, what what was it? Was it July or, or so? Um, if he was available back then, do you think Liverpool would have said, okay, let's let's wait a, a little bit because we don't want to spend that much money right now or we don't know whether we can spend that much money right now? Or do you think they would have just gone ahead and purchased them because, they, because he's a known quantity in the EPL? So I guess part of me says it's because he's a known quantity. The other part of me says it may be because they sold uh, whoever for $13 million. I guess my point, what I'm really trying to ask is, has anything changed between then and now? In, in the financial climate. Why all of a sudden are they more than comfortable spending money on somebody who's, who wasn't even a Wolves regular? Um, so potentially it could be that it looks like the 2020-2021 season will go ahead as a full season. It won't be um, okay, a, it. A, a, a it won't be a shortened season. It won't be some weird playoff thing. It'll be a, a traditional 38 games that they've always played. Um, potentially that could be it. So there may be more um, assured of their revenue. Whereas at the time of, of Werner's transfer, they weren't necessarily assured of it. Um, again, it was, that's... It was, it was primarily optics, right? It, it, would have, it, would, it just wouldn't have looked right if Liverpool was spending all that money at that moment because we were right in the middle of, of, of the pandemic. So it was in June. So okay. Timo Werner's was kind of mid-June that he was signed. Nobody had any idea if the season, like what would happen? Would we even finish this season? Um, what would next season look like? So it could be a case of maybe Liverpool... Uh, hedge their bets for the simple fact that they didn't know what was going to happen. Now they know, so they're willing to spend it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That being said, I mean, as a as a fun fact, Werner's actually older than Jota. By months? Uh, I'm not sure that that's relevant okay. necessarily to my... Uh, I was trying to make a grand point, and yes, it is by months. <laughs> so that's not the point to it, but... No, I wasn't trying to shoot it down. I, I, I was... Kind of like I wasn't sure if, yes. how much older. No, Werner's uh, Werner's twenty four and Jota's twenty three. That's what um, I thought. Yeah, he's twenty four. So yeah. he's not that much. So he's younger. Um, he. So what I would say going for Jota is he has played on a champion, not a champion team, an EPL team. 
he's played on a team that has excelled. So the Wolves, don't forget, played for Europa. Um, and he he's a known quantity. They've seen him against what the EPL has to offer. I would say Werner is more of an unknown quantity. And also, he he would he would be willing to play as as a backup, but he also backs himself to push for a first team place, as opposed to Timo Werner, who you don't really know whether he'll come in and start kicking up a fuss, right? So it's it's there's a potential there that Werner said, "I need to play first team. I need to have X number of games, something like that," which of exactly. course would be a huge turnoff for Klopp. Um, he clearly, I mean, again, I wasn't there. I wasn't part of the conversations. But, I mean, given the salary he's carrying, given that he's the highest, if if it's true that he's the highest played player on Chelsea, he wasn't coming in saying, I'm willing to be the fourth guy on the forward line. Now, it's funny. We're, we're actually talking about this, and it, it, actually, it has actually just occurred to me that I don't know if we're spending that much on Jota for him to come in as a backup. So I wonder if Klopp already has uh, a system in mind that incorporates all four of them. So yes or yes and no, because do remember that Jota spent a lot of time at the uh, center position. So the majority of his time was spent as a number 10. And we've had conversations previously about how um, Firmino just doesn't quite look like he's got what he used to have. So maybe... To your point, he's not in here to sub periodically. He may be in to challenge Firmino and see if maybe you displace Firmino because Firmino just can't rise to the challenge. And it also... So so I think the three players that are most impacted by his arrival are Firmino, but that one I think is more of just giving him some, some, some time off. But most importantly, Ox and Shaq, I think. Because I don't I don't see where we need Oxley Chamberlain anymore in the midfield or in the front three with all with Thiago and and um, Jota joining. So as much as I like him, but there I, I don't really see where he fits in, especially if he keeps getting injured. So let me ask. Uh we know um a guy like Shaq is expendable. I think if the right price comes along, we take it. Um frankly, if it was me. Um, I would get rid of Genie uh, as soon as I can. I don't like guys leaving on a free transfer, um, so get what you can for him. But let me ask even you, if, even if it disrupts the dressing room because we sell him against his his wishes. You know, he, he, he has been there a long time. He's very well-respected and well-liked. He's been there. He's well-respected, well-liked. But the truth is, don't kid yourself, um, while Jota's uh, primary position is um, at the center forward position, he's played as an attacking midfielder 19 times mm-hmm. in the last 50 matches. So about 40% of the time, he's played in Genie's spot. At the same time, you've got a midfielder, Thiago, coming in who offers a whole lot more than Genie does in terms of attacking and vision and all that. So, you know, Genie may see the writing on the wall, or you may tell Genie, here's the writing on the wall. You're not going to be playing that many games. You're going to be coming in for a change of pace. You're going to be coming in to, you know, to sub guys. You're not going to be that starting guy the whole year. Maybe we do try to push him out because like I said, I think we need the money. We've, you know, if you, if you throw in the, uh, however money, 
we've spent 57 million pounds this year, uh, this transfer window. I think we need to get some of it back. Uh, Rian Brewster is apparently being talked as uh, 20 million pounds. So that would bring it down to 37, but I think you need another sale there. Yeah, and I suspect that Wilson, Gruich, Karius, and maybe one more would would be able to bring bring in an extra 20. I think you need to pay someone to take Karius. Um, <laughs> uh, Gruich, I, I feel like uh, apparently there are some teams that want him. I feel like he's shown enough. He won't get a ton. Um, I don't know. You may need to turn Shaq. I don't know if anyone will take Shaq, but he's still a great player. I like him. I'd like to keep him. But yeah, I, I genuinely think we need the money. Um, we won't know, of course, until the financials come out. And again, the financials aren't as clear as we'd like them to be uh, for obvious reasons. They don't want to tell the world everything that's going on. But I, I think we'll see a significant loss in the financials. So anyone we can sell between now and the end of the window, I think would would definitely benefit the club going to next year. But I guess my question for you is, if we turn around, repeat as EPL champions and challenge for the champions league title do you care if next year we have to sell guys no i don't care i don't care at all so maybe maybe that's the thing maybe that's why they spent the money and the other thing that i would say is um i do feel like liverpool stagnated a bit with no transfers um we signed a new jersey agreement and so bringing in new players helps drive jersey sales. That's a very good point. Tiago Six? Yes. Yes. Right. So I, I can very much see um, that Tiago jersey selling well. And remember, our deal with Nike is very different than other deals, which is we didn't get as much upfront money. We get a lot more on the back end in terms of royalties per sale. So that almost encourages Liverpool to bring in new guys so that we can drive those sales. Yeah, and even looking ahead to next year, by the simple fact that we've proven that we're attract, we're able to attract the likes of Thiago, what does that say for the, our, the possibility of being able to get someone like um, Jadon Sancho or Mbappe? Again, this is all hypothetical, and right? So even if we do have to sell one of Mane Salah, it 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 it, it um, we we've just in, increased our our um, our cachet as a team. Exactly how attractive we are to the very best players who have the options of going to the very best clubs. I mean, I to your point, even though there's no monetary value to it, which again goes against everything I believe, there is something to be said for a, a guy leaving a team that won the domestic cup. Uh, or won the domestic league in in the Bundesliga and won the Champions League and said, I've had a great fun time with you guys. I'm going to Liverpool. So to your point, maybe a guy like Mbappe says, you know what? I've had a great time at PSG. We haven't won the Champions League. I'm going to go to another team that has a better chance of doing it. So so maybe there's a cachet to that. I'm In a way, I guess I'm trying to convince myself money will follow from all these deals because I feel like we're in a bit of a hole. So I suspect that between now and the end of the transfer window, we'll sell someone. Um, You mean someone major? uh, Again, I don't think we're selling a Salah or a Mane. I think we're selling a fringe plus player, if if there's such a thing. Like we're not selling like a Ben Woodburn 
<laughs> um, that's not going to move the needle, but a guy like, um, like so Shakiri. So here's one. How much would you sell Firmino for this season? Oh, what uh, would it take? What would like if Barcelona came said, "Hey, this is the guy that we've we've been looking for all our lives." <laughs> how much? Do you, how, how much do you want for him? You know the difficulty is. I think um, Firmino is like a genie, which is Klopp values them far higher than the rest of us, and I'm gonna say I defer to Klopp in knowing the team better than I do. So I suspect the answer would be no. Personally, I'd take like 30 to 40 million for him, no problem. Because really? I, I feel like he's declined. I feel like, I I don't feel like he's generating what he used to through the middle. And I think he's making Mane and Salah work a lot harder than they used to have to. Yeah, and I, I'd, be interesting to, I'd be interested to see the, the future dynamic with uh, Tiago and well, not even Jota, but Tiago. But um, I, I would really hope that he, he retires at Liverpool and I, I, I suspect that he will, he just has to, they just have to, to really harp, harp on him to, to not be so casual in, in front of the net. And, and I think that'll come. I, I think uh, overall this team has just become a little bit complacent. So I've I'm apparently totally off because if you look at transfer market last year they rated uh, Firmino um, actually not even last year halfway through the season they rated him at a hundred million uh, dollars American dollars and now they're rating him at eighty million American dollars yeah well, yeah when you said you take twenty or thirty I was I was kind of shocked no I said thirty to forty first of all 30, 40, second of all I suspect his salary is high enough I don't know exactly what his salary is but he probably makes a decent amount of change too. Um, yeah. and I just, I feel like he's a player in the decline. No, yeah, he definitely is. But I think it'll be a great story if he stays at Liverpool for the rest of his career through that decline, kind of like James Milner in a way, uh, James Miller hasn't declined. He's just gotten better with age. He's like a fine wine. <laughs> um, so I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess I say 30, 40 million because I genuinely believe we need about 30, 40 million to make the books work. So I'm kind of at the point where I'll take it from anybody, even though it might not be the right decision from a football point of view. Would you take it for Jones? Ooh. <laughs> That's a good question. Probably not. Probably not. Especially I mean... He's, it's, it's one thing to be a youth, to come from the youth system, but to be a scouser, I... I, I like you, you, I don't think you can buy that. And and to be first team for the EPL champions at nineteen, yeah, the, he's only going to get better. The potential and, is just too high. I, I agreed. So I don't know. I'm I'm with you. I'm thinking Gurich, uh, Shaq for sure. Um, I would sell uh, Genie if he was offered, just because I feel like we have a glut in the midfield. But to your point, I think Genie offers a lot. So. Uh, a, a lot different than others do. So I don't know that we have another genie on the team to replace him with. So that might be a bit tough, but I, like I said, I think uh, uh, it's great that we got guys. I'm always um, a fan of new blood, but I do genuinely question if we have the money and now I sit here and I hope 
um, from a financial point of view that between now and the end of the transfer window, we get rid of one or two players that are somewhere in the 30 to 40 million dollar bar, uh, 30 to 40 million pound ballpark. Critique and commentary. So at the end of last year, um, Lalana left on a free transfer and uh, he, he moved on to another team. So good for him. We're all happy. Uh, this year, it seems to be building to the fact that Genie, uh, if he's not sold, which it doesn't look like he will be, um, is going to be moving on for a free transfer as well. Uh, what are your thoughts on free transfers? How do you feel about them? That's a good question. Um I mean, obviously, I like them when they're incoming. I don't like them when they're outgoing, right? But to be fair, I think every every club uh, suffers from losing players for free, but also benefits from gaining them for free as well. Um, I, I think it is kind of weird that clubs would just allow a player to run out their contract. Um, but And I don't really know what determines why a club would be more than happy allowing player a to run out the contract but they'll do everything to sell player b from before the contract ends so yeah so i i, I think they're just weird it, it's it's a weird um phenomenon which i don't really see any consistency around so from my point of view i find them uh distasteful and i know that seems strong but i'm a finance guy to me, um, as much as I love the team and as much as I'm behind all the players, they are, for lack of a better way of putting it, and it's extremely crude, um, they are assets for the team. And letting an asset go away, something that can potentially make you money, letting it just leave, I feel is like against an accountant's code. Um, so the Lalana thing, I didn't love. The Genie thing, I really dislike. So I, I don't know. I just, I feel like if he won't come to a new contract, you sell him and you move on. Um, and and that's it. Like you you don't just keep them. But do you think that maybe we're looking at it with a twisted lens, right? So let's just take the regular working world. You're working at a company, you have a contract for four years or for one year. You see out your contract. And then at the end of the contract, you say your goodbyes or it can be renewed. What's the problem there, right? So in football, rather than looking at at free transfers as the anomaly, we should be actually looking at transfer fees as the anomaly. So the expectation should be you sign a contract, you see it out, and then you leave. But we may choose to sell you before then. So I would say the real world and the sports world are very different. Um, I think you look at a lot of leagues, if you look at professional basketball, um, uh, professional hockey uh, guys in contract years get moved um, for the very reason that you don't want to lose an asset for nothing. That being said, and it might actually shock people to find out companies will take out insurance policies on their own employees, um, particularly in the United States. That's like a thing. So you're not as uh, they don't let you go for nothing as much as you might think. Um but, but just from a from a footballing point of view, I also look at Liverpool as we are not a team with a rich owner. We need to scrounge every penny, as it were. And I feel like we've done a good job of finding those diamonds in the rough. So finding those players who are um, on the cusp of becoming something and turning them into, you know, that gem that they, they could be. 
um, you know, buying a guy like Salah relatively cheap, buying a, buying a guy like Mane, Robertson, uh, Van Dyke, um, even though he was expensive, still we turned him into so much more. Um, so letting that player leave, uh, I, I guess, is is hard for me, especially knowing the financial crunch of Liverpool. But don't you think that the the decision makers and accountants at Liverpool look at the holistic picture, right? So case in point, you look at the academy. I'm, I'm just going to throw out some numbers here. I'm not sure how accurate they are, but let's just say that it costs 10 million pounds to, to well, I mean, that's too much. It costs 2 million pounds to run the academy every year, right? 2 million, let's just yeah. say. And every five years, you're able to sell a player like Keanu Hoover for 10 million that more than covers the cost of the academy because he came through our academy. So the fact that you know that every five years you'll be able to sell a diamond in the rough for five to 10 million that will be able to cover and then some your academy, you're more than okay just releasing a whole bunch of 17-year-olds who aren't quite cut for the Liverpool squad for free. Likewise, Lalana and Jeannie, if he does go for free, um, the goodwill that you've 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 bought amongst their teammates for allowing them to see out their contract and allowing them to leave um on the best of terms as opposed to kicking them out six months before or one year before because you want to to make even two or three million back from them it i'm not sure if it's worth it when you're also taking advantage of free transfers coming in like matip or james milner and you're also making um, profit from sales as well, holistically. You know what I mean? So I, I don't think it's always just purely financial. Like, I think you have to look at the bigger picture. So I don't disagree with you uh, in that it's not always purely financial. Um, I, as an accountant, always have a hard time looking at things not financially, which is where you come in. Um, but that being said, it also does remind me of the Juventus model where Juventus are um, just, they've they've built their whole business on bringing in free transfers and then selling them. So uh, everybody, you know, all Liverpool fans will know that Emery Chan left on a free transfer um, to Juventus. So there's a guy that we essentially um, lost for nothing. And Juventus then turned him into uh, money. Right, like uh, they they sold him where we didn't, so they made money off a guy that we didn't, and they sold him for twenty five million or something about about there, right? So if you think of your business and and you look at Juventus, actually makes less money than Liverpool in terms of income, right. so they use this model of getting guys on free transfers, pumping them for a year or two, and then getting rid of them. Whenever and, I play fantasy football, that's what I do as well, right? <laughs> you, you, you're looking for free transfers, you, you keep them for a season, and then you just sell them. Right, and that's and that's a great way to go for teams that don't have a ton of money. And as sad as it might be, Liverpool is number seven in the world in terms of most revenue, but we don't have the same type of ownership that a Man U has, that a PSG has, that a Man City has, we need to generate money in another way. And so that's where, to me, free transfers just don't make sense. So that's why I sit back and I say, are you okay with Genie staying for the year? 
I'm okay with Genie staying if he wants to stay. I I don't want to sell him against his wishes and because he's he he's an important part of this journey that we've been on for the past four or five years. And I think he's earned the right to see out his contract. I don't know why they weren't able to negotiate an extension two years or last year or two years ago, but it is what it is. We are where we find ourselves now. And I think other players will respect the fact that we see allow him to see out the contract and then we, we go separate ways. So let me put it to you this way. What if um, we got Tiago because we had a 20 million pound offer from uh, Barcelona for Genie? And then Genie says, I don't really want to go. If you were Liverpool, would you say, okay, fine, you stay? Or would you say, we got Tiago because we expected to sell you go? Yeah, no, you you have to continue with your plan in that case. If that was part of the plan and you had a conversation with Genie and he either he changed his mind or he misunderstood, that's that's not your problem, right? So he has to go. But I don't think, thankfully, especially with Klopp, they don't seem to operate that way. Things are very cordial between and, and also very transparent between the the players management and the ownership so if genie stays is because both he and liverpool want him to stay and if he goes it's because he wants to go and liverpool's willing to let him go you always seem to be able to do a good job of convincing me it's not always about the numbers so you're right to some degree loyalty and uh you know a guy earning the right to leave when he wants to leave does matter as much as as much as an accountant doesn't want to believe that i can't understand it and and especially with this team that that Klopp has built, that that's part of the foundation, right? That 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 he's set. So to to for us to now change that just goes against everything that he's built with this team, and and also part of what attracts some of the better better players to to come to Liverpool is is because they know that they'll be working in a structure that respects them. Right. Okay. So I guess. At the end of the day, as much as I might like a guy like Gina to be sold to not leave on a free transfer, and I'm fundamentally against free transfers, I I will concede that there is sometimes larger things at play, such as the respect from the players and, and football players in general looking at your team and saying this is a team that respects its players. So I, I can see that there's some um, good parts in keeping them. Uh, what if we keep him... Um, and we don't win the Champions League, we don't win the EPL title, and we're in a huge hole next year financially. Then you just sell Salo and money. <laughs> uh, which, again, is terrifying. But, again, from a financial point of view, you're becoming the accountant now. I'd be like, oh, my God, how can you sell them? Um, so I, I do feel like there's a risk. But uh, to your point, I think you have to respect the players because uh, that's kind of the the model that Liverpool has laid out. So, uh Congratulations, you've done a good job convincing me. If if Genie wants to stay, I think he gets to stay. Even though free transfers will annoy us being counters, I think uh, you have to respect the players' wishes in, in the type of team that Liverpool has built. For more stories, analysis, and articles, go to the ForensicCop.com website. <laughs>